Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So in this video, in this podcast today, I want to talk about Venezuela and the you know ever-evolving crisis that's occurring there right now in real time. You know, over the last couple of years, many in the mainstream media and the alternative media have described what's going on in Venezuela as a crisis. And, and they haven't necessarily been wrong. It's just that over the last couple of years, it's been a very drawn out crisis. Now, you know, along the way, there have been points of, of I guess, uh, where, where it's gotten more heated. Uh, it's, it's kind of hit a crossroads. But as a whole, you know, despite all this hyperinflation, economic problems, falling oil output, uh, protests, corruption, uh, you know, immigration to, to various other South American countries. As a whole, the Maduro government, which was in power at the, when, when this all began, is still retaining power. And yet, what's going on right now could be the, you know, kind of the crossroads moment where, where all of what's been happening in the last couple of years in Venezuela finally comes to a head. And so that's what I want to talk about in this video today. I want to give you guys a quick summary of, of what's been going on. Of course, this is ever evolving. And so, you know, within a couple of days, I'm sure this video will be somewhat dated in some of the up-to-date events, but but much of the other background information is still very important to know. I also want to talk about some of the different directions that this could take. Is this heading for civil war? Will it be foreign intervention? Uh, will the opposition government be successful, et cetera, et cetera. And I also want to talk about implications for the world and for South America and for Venezuela. Uh, so starting off, I want to give, start off with a kind of a quick summary of what's been going on. Now, as I said, this crisis in Venezuela, that, that term used to describe Venezuela, uh, that's nothing new to, to those that follow these types of headlines or have followed them for years. There has been a crisis for quite some time. Now, I'm not going to get into the reasons behind it, the details at least. I mean, I, I guess as a whole, we, we can describe it as uh, multifaceted. Okay. You have obviously the problems inherent, I think, with a, a socialist government, uh, whether that has to do with with uh, how, how it uh, drives economic activity, how they have, you know, spent historically large amounts of money on, on their population as, as parts of a type of uh, social uh, uh, welfare programs, etc. Uh, but that is a major consideration. But in addition to that, you have the fact that they base a large amount of their economy on their oil uh, uh, reserves, which are hardly the best quality. They have the largest oil reserves in the country or in the world officially, uh, but, but they hardly are of the best quality. And of course, they've had to deal with fallen oil prices back in, you know, 2015, 2016, and uh, a significant drop off as of late. There is the opposition to the Venezuelan government by, by much of, of uh, you know, Western countries like the United States placing sanctions on the Maduro government or on the country. Um, that has damaged them as well. And, and there's many, many other things, you know, obviously just the unpopularity of the Maduro government, mismanagement of the, cover, uh, of the country, uh, major, major levels of corruption where, where those that are in 
the government or in the military are oftentimes treated far, far better than the rest of the population, which aids him in, in kind of maintaining control. This is multifaceted. I don't think we can chalk it all up just to uh, falling oil prices or, or just to socialism and mismanagement of the economy. But those are all major, major parts of this. Uh, and so leading up to, to 2018, which was when their last elections occurred, they were dealing with, with a host of problems, hyperinflation, protests in the streets, high crime, uh, 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 various smaller uprisings, assassination attempts have occurred you know, later on in 2018 on, on Maduro, at least one uh, potential assassination attempt. Uh, and, and, and as well as a major refugee crisis. Many people have been immigrating out of the country to, to other South American countries because of the oppression, because of the economic problems. So in 2018, they held an election. This was back in May. Uh, and, and unsurprisingly, Nicolas Maduro won the election, largely because, uh, again, very corrupt government. Many in the opposition chose to boycott the election seen it as rigged. Why, why participate in that? Why give it any validity if you know it's going to be rigged? Uh, obviously, he won. Uh, and that was, you know, this again back in May. Well, as of January 23rd of, of 2019, the opposition leader, a guy by the name of Juan uh, Guaido, announced himself as the interim president of Venezuela. He basically went on the streets, called Venezuelans and his supporters to, to take to the streets. He basically swore himself in as, as, as the interim leader, uh, thus leading to this crisis where we're at right now. Now, what happened following that has been very interesting. You have various countries around the world and in South America kind of taking sides here. So unsurprisingly, uh, Maduro has retained support of countries like Russia, Cuba, China, you know, longtime allies of Bolivia, longtime allies of his government, whereas the opposition leader, whether he's legitimate or not, has garnered the support of some other heavyweights uh, around the world, as well as maybe more importantly in South America. So the U.S., Donald Trump, he has thrown his support behind the opposition leader. The EU has kind of as a whole. It's, it's hard to say where the individual countries and their leaders are, um, but but then you uh, Canada, as well. I should say Mexico actually threw their support behind uh, Maduro as well, to, to some extent. But then you also have other uh, South American countries like Colombia, Peru, Brazil, Argentina, Chile, uh, and some others that, that are backing the opposition leader. And so you can see where, where these two different you know, parties are kind of taking their sides. The U.S. Uh, uh, announced their support for it. Maduro ordered uh, their diplomats out of the country to which the U.S. basically replied with, you can't do that because you're not the president anymore. We're not, we're not recognizing your authority. And so that's going to be very interesting, again, ever evolving over the next you know, 48 hours, whether they leave or not, and how the Maduro government kind of deals with that. Of course, if they do uh, arrest or, or otherwise mistreat uh, U.S. Uh, government officials within the country, that could um, certainly ramp up tensions between the U.S. and that country. So that's kind of where they're at right now. Massive protests, perhaps maybe some of the largest protests over the last couple of years in Venezuela are taking place right now. There's reports of of uh, some lower level defections within the army or within the government to to the opposition. Um, them uh, the the opposition taking control of some you know military equipment and whatnot. But as a whole, Maduro still has kind of control of. You know, most of the legitimate functions of the government, you know, as of right now, it's 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 hard to say exactly, you know, all the details of this, because there has been a a large kind of blackout of, of I guess, Internet in Venezuela, or at least that's been what's reported. It's hard to get 
exact news out of Venezuela. Uh, but that's kind of what's going on right now. Massive protests, perhaps, as I said. I mean, this is a very acute crisis. This could be the largest protest that we have seen thus far in the country. So I want to take some time to talk about what direction is this heading next. And I want to lay out uh, three different scenarios here as to where this is heading. Uh, scenario number one, uh, this uprising, this rebellion, whatever you want to call it, the opposition government, um, ultimately is unsuccessful. This is route number one. Unsuccessful, uh, Maduro uh, kind of retains power because of his power over the military, over a lot of the other you know, government functions, uh, etc. Maintains power, but he takes a serious hit because of this. More people leaving their job. He potentially will have to arrest a large amount of people. You know, I, I couldn't say for sure exactly what he would do with the opposition leader, Juan Guaido, whether that would be uh, an arrest, whether he would allow him to, to walk free because of the political backlash of arresting him. Um, and, and it's also you know, unclear exactly what happened with U.S. diplomats. You know, This could be kind of a remaining in limbo type situation, and he could remain the de facto leader, as he has for the last you know couple months here in in, in Venezuela, uh, this would be um, hardly business as usual, or, you know, even relative to the last couple of years. I think even if the, this uprising in January of 2019 would be unsuccessful, uh, Maduro's grip on the government, I think, ultimately be weakened. Still, um, I, I think that it, the the economy would continue to worsen. And eventually we're going to deal with, he's going to have to deal with this. I don't see him staying in power long term without massive amounts of external support. Uh, But the possibility of this uprising being unsuccessful is very real. Uh, Second option here is that uh, over the coming days, over the coming weeks, this uprising, these protests, etc. continue. Um, The support for the opposition leader continues both on the streets as well as around the world. And what you, I think, would start to see is is defections occur, more and more defections, both in the military as well as uh, in, in other government functions. And you see more and more support being thrown behind him. And ultimately, you know, option number two here is a civil war. Now, this doesn't have to be a civil war that's on the scale of something like what's happening in in uh, 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 Syria or something like that. It doesn't have to be long and drawn out. This would be very quick. This could be a very quick um, attempt at a coup and it could be crushed. A coup, if you want to call it that, but basically, a, you know, a takeover by various factions in the military. This could be very drawn out, right? Um, you could have some parts of, of the police or the military take the sides with the protesters. You could have uh, uh, foreign countries also offer aid, military aid, not necessarily airstrikes or boots on the ground, but weapons, bullets, supplies, whatever, to the opposition. And this could turn into a long-term civil war. Now, the other possibility here in a civil war is uh, foreign involvement. Will other countries around the world get involved here? And that's, that's you know, kind of one of my big concerns. But I also, I also, I don't, I don't see this being a, another um, Syria type situation where you have uh, you know, Saudi Arabia, Iran, U.S., Israel, etc., all getting, uh, Turkey, all getting involved in, in that country. Um, I, I don't see the United States officially, officially, you know, conducting airstrikes or putting boots on the ground in Venezuela. I don't see that happening, or or, or most Western countries, Canada, the EU, etc. Now, that could change. And, and if you do think that's going to happen, I think the number one thing to be looking for would be some sort of a 
a catalyst for that, uh, maybe a, a false flag if, if you're kind of of that that type of thinking, you know, um, maybe a, a large, uh, you know, during a protest, um, a, some sort of mass killing of, of the uh, opposition of, of the protesters, right? Um, uh, uh, accusations of atrocities or human rights abuses against the opposition of, of those that are rebelling. And if that happens, that, that definitely raises the stakes. That raises a possibility that that Trump or EU or, or or other South American countries could get involved. I mean, that's the other possibility here is that, you know, I I, I tend to think that that if there's going to be countries that get heavily involved militarily, it might be South American countries, right? And, and it would have to be on the basis of this country is delving into chaos. This country is, you know, we're, we're dealing with human rights abuses. And you have uh, countries like Colombia, or, or Brazil and, and their newly elected leader, uh, 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 Bolsonaro, uh, backing the opposition militarily, whether that's airstrikes, whether that's, you know, it could be a, a Libya situation, very quick. Um, let's see how much uh, we can, can hurt the regime and then let uh, the, the protest, let the, the opposition kind of run its course along with some covert support. And that's something you have to understand is that this very well could be a proxy war type situation if this were to delve into a civil war, a proxy war where... You know, the CIA, as well as other covert units from, from other South American countries, etc., that are back in the opposition could offer their support that way without officially, you know, putting boots on the ground, right? Let's call them advisors, right? Um, and, and, of course, that could involve weapons, that could involve all sorts of different uh, uh, support for the opposition. But, you know, if, if we're heading for a civil war, that's, that's got to be maybe the worst case scenario, um, and yet, I wouldn't be surprised if there are those in, in the U.S. government that could want it to head that direction. Now, the other question is, you know, what, to, what type of support will the Maduro government garner from countries like Cuba, the, uh, from Russia, from China, etc.? And that's, uh, again, you, you don't want some sort of a standoff in the country. Uh, but, but, you know, it could be a type of a Syria-type situation minus as much military support. I, I don't... I don't see as much Russian military involvement. You got to understand. I mean, what Russia is doing in in Syria is uh, a pretty big deal. I mean, that's one of their largest international military operations um, since the fall of the Soviet Union, if not their largest. Right. Otherwise, it's mostly been on their borders. Whether we're talking about Georgia or the Ukraine or whatever, um, Syria is pretty exceptional for Russia. It'd be very exceptional for for China as well. I mean, halfway across the world. Now, both governments support the Venezuelan government. They both buy their oil, etc. But that might be a bit of a stretch to, to say that you're going to see Russian uh, uh, troops or, or Russian planes, you know, uh, uh, maintaining air superiority or, or defending Venezuelan bases or anything like that. Now, you could see them offer money, loans, um, continued economic support, uh, and of course, weapons, you know, uh, uh, to, to the Venezuelan government. Um, but beyond that, I'm, I'm skeptical of it unless this, this escalates significantly. Now, the third, the third direction this could take is that large scale defections occur and defections or or just people maybe not necessarily supporting the opposition government, but, but no longer supporting Maduro and, and the opposition support for the opposition kind of overwhelms the Maduro government. Um, again, perhaps with some U.S. aid from, from, some South American aid, et cetera, and they'd take power largely um, without 
violence, right? Not a Libya situation, a Syria or something like that, but largely without violence. And, you know, for, for a short period of time, people see it as very positive. Now, over the long term, you got to understand that oftentimes countries like this, countries in general, they go from one tyrant to the next. And so we could be going from far left to far right or something along those lines. But, you know, it could place them in a better situation. Venezuela could get a large amount of support from, from Western countries, from the U.S., from much of South America. And they could be in a much better economic position going forward. Um, but that's kind of the third option here is that it's successful and that it's largely uh, nonviolent. Now, finally here, I want to talk about some of the implications for whatever ends up occurring in Venezuela, whatever route this ends up taking. Now, the, the number one thing that I think people ultimately will kind of default to wondering about is, is what will happen to the oil market. Now, the truth of the matter is that, yes, Venezuela has the largest oil reserves officially in the world, but their oil production has fallen significantly over the last couple of years. It's still a significant contributor to, to worldwide oil production, but it's not as large as in the past. You know, if, if this happened in the past and all of a sudden we had we had um, what was our oil production taken offline almost overnight, that'd be a different story. You know, it'd be you know, similar to maybe like what happened in Libya back in 2011, but that's not what we're dealing with right here. And, and I think that if, you know, their oil production were to stop for, for um, a week, a month, a year, whatever it is, uh, it, the impact would be uh, reflected, I think, in the oil market. But, you know, we, we've seen a significant decline and a lot of that slack has been picked up by uh, shale oil in the U.S. Or, or Russian oil or whatever. You know, it's it hasn't, you know, it's had an impact on the oil market, don't get me wrong. But as it's declined over the years, the impact of it going to zero with, with a full-blown, you know, revolt or something like that, uh, is decreased. And so that's not huge, you know, going forward, if they can resolve this in one way or another, then, you know, what's the future oil production of Venezuela, who controls it, what, com what companies have, have access to that, et cetera, we can have that discussion. And, and I probably won't be the person to have that discussion with maybe some sort of an expert on the oil sector would be better to talk about that topic. Um, but as far as impact on the oil market, I don't think, you know, if Venezuela collapses, that, that oil is going to be heading to you know, $100 a barrel or something like that. The price uh, increases and we, I think, much more moderate unless this, you know, really spirals out of control and, and you see it, you know, move to, to other, uh, you know, really escalate or something like that. Uh, honestly, what I would be more worried about is the economic impact of this uh, to, to South America both because of refugees and just because, you know, Venezuela is, is a part of their economy. You know, what is going to happen to, to Brazil, uh, Colombia, et cetera, uh, as a result of, of whatever direction this ultimately takes. And so if you do have a situation where the opposition fails and you have a large amount of refugees or, or it descends into to civil war, large amount of refugees, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what, what direction that takes. Um, I think, uh, the, the possibility of, of, uh, some sort of, of societal unrest in bordering countries is it's a possibility. Um, I, I think that, you know, as, as we've kind of seen in, in Europe or the United States, you know, welcoming refugees is not always an easy thing, especially when it's a massive influx of refugees uh, from, from a country like Venezuela or Syria or Libya or whatever it is, you know. And so 
it'll be interesting to see what the economic impacts will be on on uh, countries like Colombia, on Brazil, uh, or you know if some of these uh, immigrants ultimately make it to the United States or the U.S. border, and how Trump deals with that. On one hand, supporting the Maduro, uh, sorry, the 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 opposition government, um, and and then in the next breath talking about how he doesn't want Venezuelan immigrants here. Now that's not to say he he should allow them in. It's it's his own decision, and it's uh, uh, or or I should say a decision you know that he's at least a part of. And it's not unreasonable to say that they can't come in, but it'll be something that that is discussed significantly at that point. So um, that's kind of more what I'm talking, thinking about is what will be the the economic impact impacts on South America, as well as kind of the political ones here. You know, is U.S. Uh, and the West going to suddenly have more influence in South America um, in terms of, of toppling these types of regimes, you know, after after Venezuela, will we see maybe some Central American countries uh, suffer the same fate? Uh, or, you know, does he retain power? And we again kind of see us as a proxy war, almost a Cold War-like, where, where you have the U.S. and Western countries supporting one side, whereas you have China and Russia and, of course, Cuba supporting the other side. So the political outcome, this will be very interesting as well. Um, again, I couldn't tell you exactly what direction this is heading because I'm not an expert on Venezuela. I'm not an expert on what's going on on the ground. Uh, even those that are are still likely um, limited to to giving a summary and, and maybe giving some of their thoughts on where this is heading. But again, this is ever evolving. Um, of course, I, I want to round this video up with with this question: Are you an individual that has maybe a little bit of closer connection than I do to to Venezuela? Um, are you, do you live in Venezuela? Uh, have you, have you immigrated out of Venezuela? Have, have more familiarity with this or, or more stronger feelings on this? Uh, do you, do you live in, in Brazil, Colombia, neighboring country? Do you have some sort of connection like that? I want to hear from you guys. Comment down below or, you know, email me. Uh, of course my email is over on my about page, but certainly comment would suffice. Uh, comment down below. Uh, and let me know kind of your connection, your feelings on this. As always, though, I want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.